do your own research. Look up, look up uh, Operation Cumulus. It did happen. And then we also have, there is, so in the United States. In 1996, so, there's un, uh, declassified documents about trying to control the weather, weather changing mm-hmm. pattern programs yep. with aircraft. Yep. And, That's and, just facts. And it is a fact. Over in 2020, there was almost a thousand operations in the U.S. of cloud seeding, documented by the FAA and other pieces of government where they went in and they tried to control weather. And the Olympics in, uh, in what was it, in Seoul? They, uh, what was that, 10 years ago? Beijing. Or no, uh, yeah. Was Beijing. it Beijing? It was yep. Beijing. Sorry, I thought it was Seoul. Yeah, don't, Beijing, don't play that shit on Korea. It's definitely okay. Chinese yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's definitely Chinese shit. They did go in and try to change the weather to... <laughs> that uh, actually happened. Summer Olympics. This <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. happened. <laughs> no, this happened and so we did... Gotta, op- we gotta switch over so I can So did Operation Cumulus. Also happened. And <laughs> right, then also right. almost a thousand times in yeah. 2020, it was documented that cloud seeding happened. Yes. Welcome to the Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. We're your hosts, as always, Dylan and Joe. And we want to spend this time this week to introduce you guys to a topic that is controversial, controversial, and has come up uh, a bunch throughout the past at least ten years. Uh, and it's very specifically about people uh, essentially infecting clouds with different uh, metallic salts to possibly change the environment and uh, and cause uh, harm to human health. Right, Joe? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about all different topics in this podcast in the past, gone into retroactive history, possible UAP knowledge and all these things. And we just thought we had to dig into this concept that everyone should know about that they don't already know. If you don't already know, uh, Take a step outside and tilt your head about 90, and you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. It's one of those topics we got to bring up. Uh, it's all over the globe, and we're talking about chemtrails today, folks. Chemtrails. Come eat some chemicals with me. Come eat some chemicals. Come eat some chemicals with me. Come eat some chemicals. Madness. Chemtrails are, you look up in the sky, and uh, there are forma- cloud formations that dissipate over time, over a long period of time. Yeah, and we're, com- we're not stupid, too. Right? We know what clouds look like, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're big, fluffy, white things that rain comes out of. But I think we all can agree that if you see an airplane flying over... Um, planes don't make clouds. So it's kind of ridiculous when you're staring up at the sky and plumes of white smoke and what God knows what else is in there starts coming out of the airplane for miles on end. People just acting like it doesn't even happen. What are they doing? What's everyone thinking? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that something's going down here. And what we're here to talk about is why they're doing it, what's involved, and uh, basically the long and short of what chemtrails are and what they're doing to your brain and your society at large. Yeah, exactly. And your weather. So and very your specifically, 
Uh, in the past, there's been things known as like cloud seeding, where airplanes will essentially crop dust the atmosphere mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. produce with with metallic stuff like aluminum, mm-hmm. barium, uh, and other metals, uh, other like heavy metals, magnesium, cesium, you know the stuff, all the stuff. To uh, it doesn't sound so delicious, does it? Ask your liver and your pancreas about that. Ask your farmers. Ask your farmers about this type of stuff. Test your groundwater. These heavy metals show up. I'm and talking about lead poisonings, uh, iron oxide. I mean, just, well, you don't not want... lead. They said they're not using lead in this. You mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. What pages you're reading on the internet <laughs> uh, out here? They say a lot. If, if yeah, yeah, yeah. But they we we're not stupid here on the no, podcast. No, we are not. And we know what's going on. No we're, one's trying to fool us. Uh-huh. We're this fucking is wise one of those to it. things. We're wise. And, to and what it is is these these metals um, uh, accumulate are sprayed sometimes directly onto clouds to reduce essentially the uh the, the air pressure mm-hmm. and cause a low pressure zone to make rain happen right that's what they're doing weather controlling in front of your very <clears throat> eyes nationwide and globally weather controlling crop dusting the atmosphere to create human health hazards mm-hmm. um and uh or creating those big giant chemtrails that you see in the sky that are long clouds that span thousands of miles mm-hmm. And um, oh, don't just tell me it's water vapor. It's not dissipating. It's not dissipating, right? Uh, hello. Yeah. Knock, knock. Yeah. Not dissipating. Who's home? And it's not dissipating because it's supposed to block the sun. Right. It's supposed to stay there. Change the weather. Reduce global warming. Fix the ozone, ozone layer. layer. That type of Except stuff. Except for the other kind when yeah. it when it's the mind-altering chemicals that then they rain down on mm-hmm. you and they make you more compliant to the government's yeah, will. There's, there's multiple different kinds, mm-hmm. uh, but I uh, know mm-hmm. one thing for sure. It's all happening. Yeah. And it's right outside your very door. Yeah. Well, there was... Wake there... up, sheeple. Hi. Uh-huh. So God, in man. the in the history of uh, of the time, there was something called Operation Cumulus and the British, the British military did do cloud seeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, there was a like thousand percent change in the amount of groundwater they got and people died as a result of this mm-hmm. so okay all right let's be real for a second um causation does not equal what is it again correlation does correlation does not equal causation but it did happen to happen at the same time that they did document doing this this did coincidence happen. um i don't believe in coincidences okay joe doesn't believe in coincidence i don't believe in coincidence so we uh everything happens for a reason Exactly, and do your do your own research. Look up look up uh, Operation Cumulus. It did happen, and then we also have there is so in the United nineteen ninety six so, there's un, uh, declassified documents about trying to control the weather weather changing mm-hmm. pattern programs yep. with aircraft. Yep, and that's and, facts. And it is a fact. Over in two thousand twenty, there was almost a thousand operations in the U S of cloud seeding documented by the FAA and other pieces of government where they went in and they tried to control weather. In the Olympics in uh, in what was it in Seoul. They, uh, what was that, 10 years ago? Beijing. Or no, uh, yeah. Was Beijing. it Beijing? It was yep. Beijing. Sorry, I thought it was Seoul. Yeah, don't, Beijing, don't blame that shit on Korea. It's definitely uh, okay. Chinese yeah, shit. Yeah, it's definitely Chinese shit. They did go in and try to change the weather to... Uh, that actually the happened. Summer Olympics. <laughs> yeah, it actually yeah. happened. <laughs> no, that, this happened and so we did... Gotta, op- we gotta switch over so I can So did Operation Cumulus. Also happened. And <laughs> right, then also right. almost a thousand times in yeah. 2020, it was documented that cloud seeding happened. Yes. So here's where we need to tell you guys fucking something. Surprise! Get the fuck out of here, you <laughs> chemtrails bullshit. Yeah. We're here to talk about chemtrails, folks. Yeah, but we're, but we're, 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 we just had to get you in there. So anyways, anyways there's, bit... there's some truth to this, and we're going to get down to what chemtrails, that's, that's what makes quote unquote, are, what right? people yeah. think they are and what they think they're seeing. So here's the number one thing. You get people on TikTok. 
like the alien girl. <laughs> you get people on Instagram, social media, Facebook's where chemtrails all started. And they go, isn't it crazy? Every time you look up and you see a, um, a, uh, a, airplane. a well, an airplane, a commercial airliner, there's this, again, again plume of smoke, condensation, whatever you want to call it, or chemicals yeah, that spans. chemicals. Yeah. They go, that must be the government spraying chemicals. Here's where people need to fucking open their eyes. And it's the fact that they're talking about like American Airlines, Southwest, <laughs> yeah. Lufthansa, uh, uh, yeah, you know, know, like a, uh, like a bus, ETI, like you know? every single airplane. So every time they look up, they see one. Take a wild guess. There are over 50,000 flights a day in the world coming down to around 10 to 15,000 in the U.S. Right. a day. Yeah. And every single airplane, they're telling us that they're injecting two things. They're either crop dusting, so they have big sprayers on the bottom of the wings that yeah. spray chemicals Those are hard out, to notice when you're in Or the they're injecting the fuel with a chemical that they that goes into the goes into the exhaust and does this. And they're not true. This is wrong. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is bullshit. Full-blown wrong. We're, we're going to explore each side of it. But, I mean, honestly, folks, in this one, we're pretty much at the same mind, unlike usual, yeah. which is that this is complete bullshit. And we're here to talk about uh, the interesting parts of it. And, uh, you know, maybe the mistakes people make and all that good shit when it yeah. comes down to it. You want to start? Exactly. You want to start with the history of contrails, and then we're going to move into chemtrails and stuff like that. I think it's very important. Finding a beer to fit your needs during these summer months, especially during multiple hurricanes that come down the East Coast, is hard. And that's why today's episode is brought to you by Founders All Day IPA, straight from Grand Rapids, Michigan, a place known for beer. Joe, what are you drinking there right now? That doesn't happen to be a Founders All Day IPA, is it? It sure is. In fact, you'd be hard-pressed to find me with that one in my hand. I love their cool, refreshing flavor as it goes down. It's not as expensive as a lot of other overpriced microbrewery IPAs. But it still has that delicious taste, and more importantly, the alcohol content I need to get myself through the day. And now, even more importantly, you can drink it indoors from your own home. Founders All Day IPA. That's what we're made of. I'll drink that shit all day. Oh, yeah. All right, back on contrails. So, to you folks who go look up in the sky and think they're seeing chemtrails, you're not wrong because it is a combination of, of chemicals and condensation based off of aircraft exhaust, but m most of it is just condensation. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the history of this. Hi, the history of contrails start when the first airplane started to reach an altitude where the, it was cold enough for them to produce a, a, a condensation trail around 15,000 feet. This is why it didn't start happening until around World War II, right? And exactly. Planes couldn't fly that high that fast. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, like, um, the, 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 just because the conditions have to be pretty much just right, you have a high humidity, low temperature um, situation. Because what happens is, if you have a really, say, you have a low humidity, low temperature, mm -hmm. you don't get as much like like when you, on a cold day, you don't blow it out because the air particles have nowhere to go. Yeah, that's when, a good it's, when it's dry, they you're get dissipated. doing that kind of motion when you're yeah. breathing out on a humid, cold winter day. Yeah. You can see that water vapor coming out of your mouth. Yeah. It's like smoke. Well, it's a lot like smoke. It's yeah. fun to do the fake cigarette thing where you blow out and it looks like smoke. But yeah, really a really, really, really cold, humid winter day in the Northeast, mm -hmm. and you you looks like you're smoking a jewel, like an yep. amazing vape situation yeah. because you have hot air in a high humidity, which is like 
high dense air that's mm-hmm. very 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 cold almost like you're introducing uh that same exact notion way up in the atmosphere where it's ice ice almost cold. exactly so we're talking instead of you know zero degrees Celsius up to Fahrenheit or 30 or whatever have you whatever like we experience in the northeast when it's snowing and on ground level yeah on ground level you go up uh 15,000 feet high humidity negative 40 degrees and you have uh exhaust from a uh motor whether it be a uh, like a, a turbine or a piston engine super um, you hot. have the bet is super super hot being directly put into uh an environment where those those water molecules don't have a whole lot of places to dissipate to right. again if it was super dry they kind of would would disappear very 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 quickly because the mm-hmm. atmosphere absorbs it right. but when it's humid up there it it's has all, nowhere it's to all go water besides, vapor already there they're bumping into right? yeah yeah exactly and that's where it goes. So, um, so you started seeing the stall start show up when you have uh, like high performance aircraft in the 30s. Um, most of the most of the World War II planes that you see were probably built in the 30s. Some of the better ones, like even the P51, was I think the first flight date was 1930. Right. Yeah. The design to actual prototype to yeah. mass production takes a long time. They don't design. Yeah. It. Exactly. And like biplanes, obviously the World War One type of planes, like those mm-hmm. those. Which ironically are used as crop dusters a lot nowadays, you know. Yeah, not the same type of point, not the same like. Yes, it is. They're crop dusting but... your brains, folks. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um, yeah, crop dusters fly really close to the ground, so when they do spray chemicals, they can land on the plants, which yeah. would be a very shitty strategy. Going fifteen thousand feet up and, and dropping. Spraying would be a pretty bad yeah, idea to crop dust at fifteen thousand mm-hmm. or thirty or thirty-five thousand feet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point, Joe. So. Um, in the 30s, you start getting high-performance, like, single-wing aircraft that have 16 cylinders and superchargers and turbochargers and all this other stuff for four-engine bombers. Mm. They're flying a lot higher. 15,000 feet's the number. Mm. Um, and, and even higher once they start getting pressurized. So And uh, modern commercial jets fly at around twenty five to 30,000 feet, right? Uh, 35 is usually cruising altitude. Okay, and, so even and things so like, that's even colder in the, uh, yeah, that, that altitude. And weird, but there's a, there's a level of, like, contrail sort of disappearing after, I think, 40,000 feet. Mm. So you I think there might be no, like just no one's flying any, too much. The air is so thin and there's not as much water vapor when you get to a certain yeah. uh, altitude, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's like when you do that density thing in middle school where you pour different fluids in, like the mm. atmosphere works very similarly. Yeah. So once these aircraft get higher, like a, a like a business jet, like a Learjet or a Gulfstream, those guys fly at 45,000 feet a lot of That's most of the time. That is, yeah. Yeah, and then you have military stuff that can go all the way to ninety or above. Yeah, um, but up there, much going you know, outer space almost. That's pretty much looks like it looks. If you watch U two uh, spy plane, you know from the the Air Force, the CIA, mm-hmm. those are look like they're actually in space. Yeah, um, you're not getting contrails up there. Um, nope. So, which is good for people not noticing you too, because it's really it's shitty. Uh, yeah. If you don't want to be noticed, you want to be stealthy. You don't want to have a mile long uh, plume of white, uh, yeah. uh, gaseous. I don't want to call it smoke. It's not like smoke. No. Gas. It's, it's gas, the different types of gases. So, yeah. so uh, yeah. So what we, people see when they look up, it's contrails. And mm-hmm. those are what people think are chemtrails. And again, right. the numbers don't make sense. 10,000 flights a day in the U.S., 50,000 across the globe daily. Every single airplane to be able to produce a contrail that was either mixed into the gas, like Avgas. That's actually a, a smart way of doing it. Most people just think they have a, a tank full of toxic gas and then they're just pumping it out like you're the weed whacker guy and yeah. the Roundup all over the place, which, as we spoke about briefly earlier, it's a very precise thing to take off and land on a, a jumbo jet. You have to have a certain weight distribution and they are even known to dump 
uh, fuel if the flight is an emergency landing. Mm -hmm. These guys don't have an extra 10,000 gallons of uh, anti-brain juice or the uh, weather controlling dust just on a commercial flight, like you said, Southwestern mm -hmm. United Airlines. It's just not happening. It's just not, it's yeah. not feasible. It's not plausible. And it's, you know, it's a commercial business. It's a little bit different than saying that the U-2 uh, spy plane is doing. It's a little bit different than saying, yeah, your Southwest flight's spraying chemicals out the back. You can see it right there. Yeah, it's insane. Where's the nozzles? Where's this? Where's the incentive or, for the company? Well, exactly. And also the FAA does not care about your... your, your um, global initiative to take over the world and, and kill the elderly or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, they care about safe flights. And if you're is, mixing yeah. other chemicals into aviation fuel, um, the engines probably won't work as well. Yeah. So we're not doing that. It's a, I mean, and it, it seems still, so simple. They get the guy go up in a plane and they come down. It's a very precise science to getting a, the plane to, to be do it exactly what it does every day. You, you're so used to it. You hop on your flight, get to your seat, buckle in. Oh, God, they won't mm -hmm. get the food come out yet. Where's my drink? You're in a marvel of science to be up that high with all these people and have it go perfectly well. It's not an easy thing to do. And fucking around with it, it just doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, no. it's difficult to even get to that point. No, so. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so what's in those those contrails that you see? Good question. Water vapor? <laughs> yeah. Is, this is the thing. So what you do see isn't necessarily harmless. It's just not what people think it is. It doesn't mm -hmm. do what people think it is, and it's not a global initiative to change things. Because, again, since the 40s or 30s, mm -hmm. this has been going up. We got plenty of pictures that we're going to ring off right now of World War II bombers and fighters loading the sky with contrails because mm -hmm. it's the same concept. High altitude, super, super hot exhaust, and these are propeller planes, not even turbines. Mm -hmm. These are supercharged, turbocharged, like engines that are producing that. contrails from bombers and fighters and other things and there's a couple more secrets i'll tell in a second but similarly to you to your mouth uh doing the same thing yeah you see it all on the highway in the uh in the winter time you see the the exhaust coming off of a big rig and you see just this giant plume of smoke and you're thinking oh god they're they're you know all oh, this pollution in the air your car's doing the exact same thing all the mm -hmm. time it's only when it's that cold and humid out that you see the actual heat coming out of it yeah it's not smoke it's not all toxins it's the you're seeing the water vapor from yeah. all the particulates and pieces of different metals or exhaust or carbon monoxide, things like that. You don't see any of that. No. The visual thing you're seeing is just the water vapor condensing and turning into that cloud-like thing. Yeah. Beyond that, you can't see anything else in there. It, even if it is in there, you can't see it. Yeah, and it is in there. So again, like you mentioned carbon monoxide. Mm. Um, there's carbon dioxide. There's nitrous oxide mm. and um, soot. From un and then like unburnt fuel. That's kind yeah, of pretty much fuel, yeah. almost. I'm sure there's that's other things in there, but that's almost exactly what makes up a contrail. Yeah. So again, is that good? No, it's pollution. It's contributing to global warming, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's not. There's no initiative to take over the world by right. having airplanes produce these things in the sky. And that's going out into the sky, whether or not you can see a mile long white cloud behind them. Miles. Some of these go for for, or, yeah, for miles, hundreds right. of miles. Right. Yeah. But whether or not you see that or not, that all those things are still coming out of the exhaust of a turbine, whether you can see it or not. Mm -hmm. The part you can see is the particular contrail we're talking about, where you can actually visually see, oh, that's that's the cloud coming out the back of it. But whether you can see the cloud or not, it's still releasing carbon monoxide, un unburnt fuel, mm -hmm. like all that shit's still coming out of it. It's just the visual yeah. part. You go, oh, look at it, look at it go. You're just seeing that water vapor that makes it the visually stunning thing that we see that yeah. dots the sky. That's with. it. And the and the chemtrailers, we're going to call them chemtrailers because mm -hmm. that's what they're called. Chemtrailer um, trash. <laughs> Chemtrailer trash. Uh, what they think is that they're like, well, how come they're staying in the sky for hours? Because that can happen. If, like I that. said, if you have a high humidity environment, that water vapor has nowhere to go. Yeah. So it stays there longer. If it's it a stay. super, super dry day, they show up for a little bit. Then they go away faster because mm -hmm. the, because it's just 
it's uh what is it displacement is the actual con- physics concept behind this for it, it um uh, dissolving into yeah. the atmosphere yeah. yeah i mean i don't know the there's like well yeah if you have a pool of water and you put more water in it that you know like it's that type of thing like um there's not there's not enough molecules to absorb the molecules right there because they're all those those areas are all full you have a, a high well, high well, dense air means there's more water molecules. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that a hundred percent humidity is is the ocean. It's not. Right. It's different yeah. than that. No, no. no. Um, so you have already like something super super humid. You add more vapor to it. It stays there in these yeah. these clouds. It takes longer to dissipate when it's that yeah. humid, right? It's got to find a place to go where there's less of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like have yeah. a dry sponge and a, a wet thing. It all ends up going through there. I think that's osmosis. That, but, yeah, that's yeah. a really good. Uh, but yeah, uh, analogy though. Yeah. That so that's why sometimes they stay longer. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes you live in a flyover state and you see it a little more than others because there's more <laughs> flights. The more planes go over, the more of this you're going to see. Yep. Usually. And some days you might not see it because it's just not that humid out. All right. But most days you will because mm-hmm. it's not ground level. It's very different. And I feel like a lot of people... They're not uh, just spraying you with chemicals on a particularly humid day. They should be doing that all the time. If right. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, Why do they it? only choose the days that it's perfect climate for making clouds up in the sky? That's when they just start to spray the chemicals to hide. Hey, everyone. Today's podcast is brought to you by Goldfish. You know, Joe, you know, like after a hard day of... Uh, Lobster fishing. What do you like? I like a solid new bag of flavor blasted extra cheddar goldfish, now conveniently in a resealable bag. Oh my god, I'm salivating just thinking about those flavors blasting all in my bice cuspids. Me too. And now while we're on the boat, we actually have the opportunity to tear here, pull out a bag, have a couple of goldfish. You want some? Right sure. now? Sure. I would love to have oh, a wow. snack the smiles back. Yeah, me too. Oh, that, oh my God! The flavor's mm. blasting in my wow. tongue. Blasting your mouth. Never before could we do this. And we thank our sponsors, Goldfish, for bringing baked snack crackers, favorite blasted extra cheddar goldfish. Pepperidge Farm special. Those are what contrails are. Again, we have multiple photos of from like the '40s of World War II. With Hundreds of bombers and fighters overhead with tons of contrails yeah. to present-day contrails. And then there's a couple other things that are actually fascinating. And um, Doug will like this. Other aviation people will like this because they know about it. I'm not telling anything new. Sure. But there's there's other things that airplanes drop. Let's talk about all the things that airplanes drop. That'd be good. That aren't on. crop dusters. <laughs> Yeah, again, crop dusters are the only ones that do this, but are most of the only ones that do that. Yep. And they fly to super low altitude because they have to do their job. Yeah, exactly. I and think that's a big part of why people had the chemtrail idea because there is planes that drop toxic chemicals onto our environment. Yeah. So they take that, they see the cloudiness, and they go, well, why not this? Yeah. I mean, think about things like Agent Orange. Thank you for mentioning uh, that. In Vietnam. It's yeah. like, there is a precedent for dropping harmful chemicals and destroying the environment. Yeah. There's not a precedent for mind control chemicals, which is kind of the far side of the spectrum for this, that it's keeping you docile or controlling your brain. Mm-hmm. But I can see why people are questioning this, because there's a history of planes dropping harmful chemicals on yeah. people who are innocent. Yeah. And another thing with Agent Orange from Vietnam, I mean, it's a nightmare, but that was dropped out of helicopters and C-130s and they could put these nozzles on mm-hmm. and they did it at like, like, like Super literally like 500 feet. Yeah. Maybe. Right on top. If yeah. not like a hundred, 
Like yeah, it was I mean, very, the, the very low. The closer you want to be to your target to be more accurate. And if you're spraying a mist, it'll dissolve. <laughs> it'll it yeah, does it'll get ne- evaporated. It'll never get down. Even yeah. like I said, even like two thousand feet, it'd be hard to even reach your target. Never yeah. mind fifteen thousand feet in the air. Yeah, and it's all about that never reach what you parts want. per million or parts per billion type of thing. Yeah, the higher you release it, the the less ppm or ppb is in that area. So if you're trying to there. to kill a bunch of people. Doing it at thirty-five thousand feet is not gonna be not gonna do a good job. I guess they're figuring like, oh, it's a wider range, it'll spread out. But yeah, no. but it's not. This isn't homeopathy. You can't have one single molecule <laughs> kill a whole village. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the more dissipated so, it is, the less effective it is, and that's why they would drop Agent Orange or when they're crop testing, they're like almost right on top right of it, right there, as close as you can be for a safely still flying. Just yeah, dump it right on top. Exactly. And there's only one low altitude record setter in the whole world, and it's. Uh, Take a guess of the lowest altitude ever flown. Uh, what it was like one foot? No, it's every plane that's ever crashed. <laughs> you can either tie it or you are just above it. There's nothing zero. Yeah, it's either zero or one, and no one's ever broken one with uh, in yeah, like negative one. Told the tale. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so Joe, uh, so we talked about Agent Orange. We talked about crop dusters putting, uh, you know, Roundup on stuff. Yeah. Um, what other things do airplanes drop? You mentioned something earlier called fuel dumping. Want to tell me more about that? Uh, as far as I know, it's only done during emergency circumstances because an airplane takes off with a certain amount of fuel. They calculate how far the flight's going to be, how much fuel should be burned off by the time they're in for landing. That way it'll be at the proper weight when the landing procedure starts. And if they have to go in for an emergency landing in, in case their flight is four hours shorter than they thought it was going to be, they're going to come in much heavier than they calculated. So they might do a strategic fuel dump to try to lighten up the load so they don't smash the thing and set the record for lowest uh, flight. <laughs> tie, tie the record. Tie. 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 Yeah. tie. Can't beat it. You got to tie it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah uh, that's exactly it. Uh, I have nothing more to say about that besides right. that's exactly what gotcha. uh, fuel dumps are. And there are a few airplanes that do something really cool. What's that? Um, and it's called dump and burn. So, like, if you're on, a, say, your your JetBlue flight or whatever it is, and they something happens, they have to land, emergency landing. You're right. They they dump fuel, spray it out there, and it pretty much evaporates. It doesn't mm-hmm. even like hit the ground. Yeah. But um, some, an airplane called the F one eleven would uh, spray at the back and then light it on fire, and it would have a um, we gotta get a video of that for the pod. Yep, it's easy to find. F one eleven dump and burn. We'll pull yeah, it up, Joe. We will. Uh, it has a uh, flame kind of the back that's like four times as long as the F one eleven. That's amazing. So it looks like it's this just thing all is that, uh, there's a fuel massive, air mixture behind it. Yeah, it just like literally that. looks like a blowtorch. Like there's an afterburner and then there's a F one eleven dump and burn. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking right now. So that's one thing they do. They oh, dump I, fuel. Actually, I have done that before too. Uh, when my uh, particular plane, the plane of my brain, when this sorry ass bitch wronged me you dump her and then you call her a fatty get out the door that's, that's the f-111 dump and burn baby there it is relationship advice from joe collins oh from i'm the kidding i would Basin never podcast i'm friends with all my exes mostly <laughs> most of them most of them. most they're all most nice people yeah, nice people If you're thirsty, but you want to eat your thirst, I can't think of a better product than this. Now this is genetically engineered to be the most delicious fruit of all time. It's part fruit, part hydrogen, another part oxygen. They call it the watermelon.
Our scientists have worked tirelessly over generations to get rid of all the shitty parts, like the rind, and keep all the fruity, juicy insides. Tastes like water, tastes even more like summer. More importantly, now comes in green. <laughs> So that's one thing. Um, airplanes also drop bombs, so I don't think that's what we're saying. Um, no, I think the other people are so good. But even so, I mean, it, it took them decades to get the accuracy down to even be able to land bombs even close to where they wanted to. Yeah. Never mind putting a gaseous mixture 15,000 feet into the air. They have a multi-hundred-pound bomb. They're dropping thousands from, of pounds. Yeah, or each, betting in. trying to get it on a certain target. They they were so bad at accuracy during World War II that they would drop. You know, 10,000 bombs and not even 1,000 would reach their targets. Imagine taking that giant rock and dropping it down. If you can't hit a target with that, how are you going to spray a fucking Windex bottle out the side of the plane to hope you're going to hit anything? Exactly. I mean, it just must be on a, such a massive scale people are imagining to be able to. You'd have to do it in the entire globe. And I think people are sorely underestimating how big the atmosphere is and how many, like you said, parts per million of nitrogen and oxygen. It's mostly all that shit. I mean, if you put one little drop of food coloring in a lake that's not going to change it's like well what if everyone who lives in the lake all does food coloring every day still won't make a difference mm -hmm. the atmosphere is gigantic and taking that much um chemical makeup is just not gonna we don't have enough to do it yeah it took every internal combustion engine and fire in the entire globe 200 years to start affecting the world with global warming and that's literally everything ever happening it would take a lot more than that uh, many flights of people dumping out harmful chemicals to even have the well, flight and reaction. even just to add to that too is that this is another case of something so wildly extraordinary, mm. which means it involves like million people. Oh yeah, the cover up. Has the to cover up be, would be like even more, even, even bigger if, than anything. Even if you told someone, bigger than if NASA. you tell us we're gonna kill you, there'd be uh, so many people who would still tell it. Like there's yeah. in aviation. And the 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 industry all, I mean, all the commercial pilots, all the so private pilots, military. Yeah, because they'd be like the pirate pilots are around the world. On all these other because this happens with all planes around the world. So we're talking about every India, country in the world. Kazakhstan, yeah. uh, fucking all sorts of shit. Nepal. Like, yeah, literally all these airplanes do these things, all of them, and and all the way back to again World War Two. So you have to be like, all right, World War Two pilots. Um, we're doing uh, contrails. Uh, to make sure you flip the switch. Turn Don't it on. Forget to turn on. Yeah. One guy did do a Photoshop. It was a pilot. He did Photoshop of chemtrail and he turned yep. it on. Funny. See, that's funny. It's but funny. then for every hundred people who find it funny, there's two people who are like, "See, I knew it." And they lock yep. their fucking little antennas yeah. in. Or uh, back to the thing of weight. So again, on, on your Southwest 737, um, uh, to be able to produce contrails from uh, LA to uh, to New York City, mm -hmm. um, you'd have to have an enormous amount of fluid on that airplane to be able to do this. Yeah, it would like have to be like double something. the weight. It'd be insane. I can't even say. Uh, it's insane. And we have some pictures that come up in the the uh, the, uh, the 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 chem trailers. They love to show these pictures of seven thirty sevens or seven fifty sevens or some something. Um, that have all these big tanks and ballast tanks. Ballast tanks. Yeah, people. That, that's a but, it's a smoking gun, baby. Smoking nice gun. iPhone Here picture. Of the chemtrail. Like, yep. And the biohazard symbol on the side. They Photoshop on yep. afterwards. And it's like so. Cute. All of them have that. One of them does because if one of them had that, you'd see like one contrail ever. Chemtrail. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like there's not. There's just not that many of them. But Joe, what if um we'll get back into what other airplanes produce? But what if the Air Force or the government 
painted uh, one of their airplanes, American Airlines, and then mm. had an actual tag on it. And this was a chemtrail plane. American Airlines Flight 77. Picture. What do you think that looks like? A Predator drone. And they're like, they're all over this thing. It's literally the Predator from the early 2000s, uh -huh. painted as a set, like a 737 or an A320 yeah. American Airlines with fake windows on it. But it's still a Predator. <laughs> like, you're not fooling anybody at all. They're like, see, see, it's see. Got, it has no Check cockpit window. Check it out. It's clearly, <laughs> this is what they're doing. Look, the Predator drone has a, a propeller on the back of it. It's yeah. really hard to confuse, right. and then too, and it goes, it goes. Eh, it sounds like a little remote control car. It's sure it's huge. I mean, it's it's very yeah. big. Oh, well, there's no cockpit window for the for the, the pilot. It's all good. No, 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 just look at the picture. All right, <laughs> there's there's a cockpit window. They they okay. painted one on for the. No, no, uh, they literally gave it, uh, and it's it's looks like it's in Microsoft Paint. But trust me, nice. it looks just like an American Airlines nice. flight, except it's a V tail <laughs> and a propeller in the back of it. Right. Um, and the Predator. Well, yeah. Those things are obviously, you know, decked out to have a crazy payload and all kinds of missiles, but they decided to fill it up with a, but not a tank of chemicals. Well, then? the thing with the Predator is it can, hold, it can hold like eight Hellfire missiles. That's it. Yeah. Like Hellfire missiles are like 200 pounds a pop. Like they're not, we're not talking, we're not talking 10,000 pounds. And 10, I they're insanely fuel efficient because they can or... fly for hours and hours and hours, which means yeah. they can't really have a whole lot of extra weight on there. Yeah, they're like borderline about. remote control car. I mean, they are remote control airplanes, but, yeah. but that's my favorite one. But they're like, the I government is like, doing this it's like but there's so many contrails so this is just wild and insane mm -hmm. so other things that airplanes maybe maybe are doing that could be a chemtrail um so we talked about bombs we talked about contrails mm -hmm. we talked about um all this other stuff um one of them is called chaff chaff's interesting so yeah what's chaff the milk? i know chaff when it comes to crops for crops okay it's separating the wheat from the chaff Oh, no kidding. Same thing when you're it's making why it's uh, you're harvesting that. barley or yeah. things like that. It's all like the stalks and the extra shit, not that those, those uh, meaty little grains that you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with that. Uh, it's probably where it comes from, but mm -hmm. chaff, um, I'm not sure, quite sure when it was invented. It probably it could have been invented in, in the 40s as well. I'm not sure of the date. But chaff is a button that uh, most military, Air Force One, will press. Mm. And um, when uh, when radar was invented, and specifically when radar-guided missiles were invented, press a button and it dumps out aluminum particles, like aluminum spikes, oh, that, conf yeah. that confuse the radar because the radar Bounces bounce off, off in different ways. ways. So it's like, what's going on here? So if someone fires a missile, um, modern-day bombers, fighters, whatever it is, can tell what kind of missile it is. Like, this is heat-seeking or this is radar. It's mm -hmm. very, very clear to the people in the backseat or the, or the main guy. Right. Um, and they'll be able to press a chaff button or, or a flare, one or the other. Flares don't work on radar-guided missiles. Chaff doesn't work on heat-seeking heat missiles. missiles gotcha. yeah. yeah. Flares burn at like 10 times the heat of a jet engine. Mm. Chaff makes is like just big cloud of aluminum shininess that radar gets confused yeah. from. So they dump those, but I don't think that's what we're seeing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just think, not thinking that's what's going on. I don't think on. you could even see chaff from the ground. I've never seen it. I don't know, maybe. No, I mean, if they would have to you be... you see a little shiny, maybe, maybe. I don't think you'd even see shiny anything. Yeah, no, you're right. If it's small enough to bounce radar off of it and make a big cloud, I mean, if they dumped out another plane out of the plane's ass, then I'd be like, oh, look at that big shiny thing. It's a plane-sized piece of metal. You would have to... It would have to be about as big as a, a jet fighter to see it from the ground if it was coming out the ass end of it, unless That's it was true. bright. There's a lot going on there. Like, when you look up, depending on what the sun is doing and what's going in the atmosphere, mm -hmm. a... Um, a red southwest flight looks like a nice shiny silver airplane right you know like yeah. or black or it looks like it's red and blue like southwest yeah, you know, but yeah it's, it's, it's weird i think it's real weird up there I mean, so the holy uh, goddamn sky's blue because of it 
Yeah. That's... Sky's not blue. Just looks blue to us. Yeah. It's true. Another conspiracy. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Sky's but, green. Uh, we all but know. But yeah, we're pretty much covering everything except for except for one thing. Because the conspiracy theorists, this is one of their top 10 reasons why they're trying to fight what I said about the 40s. And seeing contrails from bombers and fighters and this type of stuff. Are they saying that it... it... It wasn't just because of the uh, the new altitude and the new technology. Yeah, they they're saying something else. What are they saying? Something else. It's very real, um, and it's called water injection. Hmm. So I don't know about this. Yeah. So called water injection, very real. It was used. I mean, it's. I don't know if anyone's still using it, but it was used on B fifty twos for a while. Um, and water injection. Um, higher. Air that's more dense and colder air is denser air. And if you can cool the air coming into the engine, especially with turbocharged and supercharged engines like B-17 radials and Spitfires and BF-109s and all these other cool airplanes and P-51s, mm-hmm. um, they're all like just not like your you know Subaru that has nothing. Like they have turbochargers, superchargers, sometimes both. They're sure. pre-turbine engines. And what they do is during takeoffs, we're talking high, again, we're taking off with full tanks, full bombs, full crew, Full fucking guns, full ammo. Fully loaded. You need a little bit more juice as best as you can yeah, to take a lot off. Of thrust to get yourself lifted up with all that weight on yeah. you. Yeah, there's tons of weight. So they would use water injection on takeoffs. And that water injection produces a ton of smoke out the back. So you spray. Was the water injection to, to cool the engine? Well, yeah. Well, it's yeah, not much it heat gets being sprayed produced. Into, the, into the manifolds, like the intake manifolds. Oh, right. and, and it cools the air seriously before it gets to the combustion chamber. Gotcha. Um, but there's still some more humidity in there and it burns off. It, same thing, goes out the exhaust. Then you mm. produce like big, big, big white clouds. clouds behind you. Um, and the Germans used, uh, we, in the US, we used water and methanol. The methanol is what um, windshield washer fluid is. Gotcha. That's just methanol. And it's so it doesn't freeze because again we're talking altitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. any um, water you're actually putting up there is yeah. gonna freeze instantly because you're well below the freezing. Exactly, forty degrees below freezing Fahrenheit. Yep, not even Celsius. Exactly. And then the fighters that use and again they had um, and then the fighters that used it would sometimes use it just in a dogfight, but they get a small burst. It's like the video games where you get to press the uh, the like turbo button. Where you get like it, it goes like this, then it runs out. It's pretty much that long, uh-huh. maybe longer, um, to do that. And the U.S. fighter planes would use same thing: methanol, water, alcohol combined. And the Germans used nitrous oxide, also known as NOS, also nice. known as Fast and the Furious One. When they press the, they turn on the, the thing boost. and press the button. <laughs> NOS is the turn same thing time, that the Messerschmitts and the, the the all those other German planes would use. But those produce a lot of clouds, a lot of smoke, but it's a short burst. Right. And then it moved into the, like, Korea and Vietnam and the B-52s, our biggest bomber we still fly would use those. Mm-hmm. But again, it was on takeoff landing. Here's my favorite part, which proves our point perfectly. They had 1,000-gallon tanks of methanol water mixture um, that would last takeoff. It's all gone. Gone. <laughs> use it immediately. Yeah. And there's your Just for takeoff. Contrail. <laughs> so yeah. we're saying, when we talked about 737 going across the country with constant contrails. Um, I, explain to me why a B-52 used a thousand gallon tank just on takeoff. You would need a whole entire train behind you of just tanks. Just, you can use just, one every minute yeah, for the whole entire way really. across the country. Yeah, takeoff, takeoff's 45 seconds in a floor load B-52. <laughs> That's, and it's all gone. The math so is not working. You're telling me that, that my suitcase is next to a thousand gallon tank? Sure, but show it to me. I have not seen it. And you need <laughs> so many of them. 
to just produce a little bit. And you'd get like this. Think about a runway in the sky, 30, 40, 35,000 feet up. To you, a, the distance of a runway, an airplane going you'd six miles an hour, notice it. you'd barely notice it. So your contrail would look like a little fucking... Uh, like a plane fart. Plane, literally a plane fart that you probably wouldn't even see. Nope. So that's what we're talking about here. So that's why we're just all over this case because yeah. there's conspiracies. This, this is one that really It's gets so me true motivated. with so many conspiracies too. And it's what I talked to you about a lot of the, the um, out there ideas in the podcast that like as soon as you start drilling down on these things and get to the nuts and bolts of how – okay, let's pause it. This is actually happening. How is it happening? It starts to fall apart so fast because even mm-hmm. just saying – where is it all going? How's it all? Even if we break out all the things about contrails, we'll just say, sure, it's all chemicals. Where does it all go? There's no room for it. Like you said, on takeoff, what, 45 seconds of it? That's how much it takes? Just, you know, take it apart a little tiny bit and it all falls apart. And people get so mad. They go, oh, you're not, huh. Why am I, what am I supposed to know all that? I don't want to talk about that. Because they shut it off because they know as soon as you start picking it apart bit by bit, they take it as an attack. But it's more like, well, let's divvy this up and see what's real and what's not real. Because if it is real... We can pick it apart and it's going to be just as real. But if it's complete, utter bullshit, the second you even do a little bit of scrutiny, it falls like a house of cards. And Literally a house of cards. I, that's what frustrates me about um, – I'm sure my ideas are the same way too. But like you don't feel comfortable when people question your ideas. But you have to be willing to put them up to scrutiny like we talked about with the Boston mm. Tea Party. Yeah. If you can't defend yourself, then you're probably wrong. And if you can, then that's good. That means you're probably right about it. So let's work it yeah. up. Yeah, it's exactly. It's nitty-gritty. Well, the and, more and, question marks you have, the more deeper you dive, the less you know what the fuck you're talking about anyways. You're probably not right about it. Well, that's exactly it. And like, like I, I'm not, I don't, there's some conspiracies I, I believe in genuinely, mm. like JFK assassination. I mean, we can talk about that in another podcast. Sure. We I haven't mean, even thought of that. Stay tuned. But, um, but this is one where the people who are talking about it the most are the most, they barely can comprehend when they're th- on an airplane, how the fuck it is even in the air? Yeah, and, and they're then like, they, they start to take the. Oh yeah, now they know everything no about problem. it. Absolutely, it's a chemtrail. It's like, <laughs> no, it's it's. Do you again, even know what lift is? Yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Yeah, do you even understand? Can you tell me what type of engine your airplane has? I'm not talking specifically like, um, you know, make and model of. I'm telling you that there's like two types of turbines that you that people fly on, and actually, one type of turbine that people fly on, and then two that usually see or usually don't see. There's high bypass and high and, and low bypass. Well, I don't this know is that. my favorite one. You do know that. Big giant engines on a again, we're just using 737 because it's easier, especially the Max, bigger engine. Um, it has a big fan in the front that literally just moves air. All the stuff is inside there, and it's like this big compared to the cowling. Yeah, most of the air just goes over the outside of the engine. Mm. It doesn't actually get compressed. Doesn't get, yeah, exactly. It just kind of flows over it, whatever. But still gets heated by the fucking dissipating heat of a goddamn jet engine. Yeah, so and then the air then there's low it. bypass, which would be your F sixteen, your F twenty two. You know, there's like right, no yeah. air moving over it. Maybe there's like it's, a little bit, but not a lot. Barely any of it isn't captured and pushed. Yeah, the actual yeah, exactly. And they're like, they're like, it's not possible for a low for a high bypass engine produce a contrail. That's really because there's still the air that goes around it is still getting heated. I, I can't believe that. In real life, I can't believe I've I didn't have this conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, and and that the air coming out of the back of that jet engine is still the hottest shit ever. Like it's super <laughs> it's hot. So hot. So I'm in thousands of degrees here of of, yeah. of airplane exhaust. Tell me for one second why that air is different than a low bypass uh, uh, jet engine what turbine. Is. Yeah, you know. But but ultimately, so, I think that the thing about conspiracy theories that is it obviously people get you know lodged into their position which is understandable we talked about that in the past too but the thing about conspiracy theories to me is that 
there's always a grain of truth to the idea, and that's how people get started. The idea that the United States could be slowly poisoning you without your knowledge is not an insane idea because there's examples of it happening. And whether or not it's happening in this degree is when you have to actually get down into it. So I want to talk about in our next little segment here, times that things like this has happened and uh, people aren't insane for thinking about it. It's Let's just, but as you said before, correlation does not mean causation and the other way around as well. So we'll see what we can talk about with why people might be a little bit nervous about what's going on in their environment and what that means for uh, chemistry. Seagram 7 American Whiskey. Our scientists worked tirelessly for hundreds of years to try to figure out the way to make the cheapest whiskey possible that's still edible. I think they did a pretty good job. Nevertheless, never before could you get a blended whiskey with a number 7 on it for less than $20. And look, their bottle's not breakable like the old one. Safe for the kids. Now it comes in green. <laughs> so as I was saying, there's obviously a, a basis for why people are wondering about conspiracies. I mean, I always figure that when I'm thinking about conspiracy theories and people have all these wild ideas about the Illuminati and shit, I was like, the conspiracy is right in front of you. It's open information for the shit that people actually did for you. And the one that I thought about is one that went on for 30 to 40 years at a clip. And a lot of government agencies knew about it. A lot of companies knew about it. And they all just looked the other way until it got to the point where it was so undeniable that they finally had to change something. And that is leaded gasoline. Ooh, good They one. decided yeah. this, this genius scientist who wasn't a genius at all. He wasn't even a chemist. One of his experiments, he started putting um, red dye in gasoline because he thought that the color red absorbed heat more, which means that you're no chemist at all if you think <laughs> the colors do that. So this is the same guy. Wait, wait, idea. wait. Black absorbs more than white, though, so... It absorbs light more, not heat. Good call. He thought that red things were hotter because it's the color of fire. That's no, it's no way to make okay. chemistry of it. See, this is where this is where it all gets started. I go, well, you saw something. <laughs> See, it's easy. See, to... black heat. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. also black is disproved. Black is actually the opposite because it's the absence of light. So it means it's absorbing all of it rather than refracting it for sure. But anyways, what I'm trying to talk about is that the lead gasoline. This guy came up with the idea because of the issue with knocking with low octane fuel where mm -hmm. engines weren't working properly. So mm -hmm. they found out that if they put lead into the gasoline they got rid of their knocking issue and it, and it made it more efficient and they got more horsepower out of their engines unfortunately people have known since the time of the roman empire that lead is a poison and it doesn't just poison your body it poisons your brain mm -hmm. and it leads to slowing development in not only fetuses and babies but even adult humans it can lower your iq and with enough of it you can die from it as a lot of people have died mm -hmm. from lead poisoning and a lot of people in the roman empire died that way too so even back then people understood that there was poison. So definitely in the 19, early 1900s, after the Model T, 1920s and 30s, they realized that this was going to be poison. But instead of saying that this is going to be lead gasoline, they came up with the idea of calling it ethyl. 
Ethel is a nice name uh, for it. It doesn't sound as evil. Uh, your grandmother might be named Ethel, Ethel with a Y. And they started calling it that. And even when they got to the government and the regulatory bodies, they were like, well, this is lead. It's going to be bad for you. Um, but all of the oil companies and the car companies said, like, why do we need to tell them about it? We're pretty sure that it'll be so dissipated in the atmosphere, it won't really matter. And so the government, oil corporations, and motor vehicle corporations all basically decided together, let's just let this happen. We're going to make a lot more money with it. We can use more gas, and it'll, and it'll be better for everybody. Get rid of the knocking in engines. And for decades, this went on over and over again. A lot of people understood what's happening to it. We don't know how many countless... Uh, children were affected by it. Adults, we we could have lost you know generations of people who could have been geniuses because their mm -hmm. IQ were so dropped. They were spraying lead into the air. Yeah. It, it was just anyone who drove a car was spraying lead into the air for a good 20, 30 years at, the, at a time. We'll never know about the actual side effects and how much that affected you because there's no control of the group. It's one giant experiment where everyone's getting fucked the whole time, the whole world over. Yeah. And so when I hear about things like that, which it eventually had to get rolled back over. People had to really go out of their way to start saying, hey, like, you know, nonprofit organizations, things like that. It's like, stop doing this. This is affecting people. And they, it's mm -hmm. just like global warming. You can keep throwing it in their face over and over again, but there's no incentive monetarily to do this. So it takes a long time to do it. Eventually now, it's the same reason why when you go to the gas pump, it says unleaded on the pump still because there was once a time where gas was leaded and now it's not leaded. I know a lot of old cars, sometimes you still have to use leaded gasoline or the tank won't work that way or the engine won't work um, unless they convert it. But anyways, I thought that was a good example of it would have been a conspiracy at the time. In yeah. the 50s, if you said, you know what they're doing, this leaded gasoline, you know what, lead's bad for you. It's poisoning the whole air. We're all getting screwed up. And people are like, yeah, shut up, you. Yeah, you think the fine. government's going to be, uh, you know. Go smoke a cigarette. I'll make you feel better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying yeah. there is precedence for these things happening for decades at a time. People knowing it was affecting people and not giving a shit about it, um, which is I can see that's the seed of why conspiracies and things like that happen. But here's the thing. You have to look into it a little bit. Where's mm -hmm. the incentive? Where's the motivation? And mm -hmm. the difference between leaded gasoline and chemtrails, not only is the fact that one happened and one's bullshit, stupid thing, it's also that where's the incentive there? The government wasn't actually paying the motor companies to put lead in to make people stupider. They just realized that leaded gasoline would be a, a better way and more efficient and effective in gaining them money and productivity and so they let it happen, which is not the same thing as purposefully injecting things into your uh, population. Exactly. Uh, but I thought that was an example where I can see, okay, things like this have happened before in the past. So you have to look under things under a microscope and be a little bit more scrutiny when, you, when it comes to it. Um, so that, that was my example of that. But it also yeah. comes down to things that people are also nervous about, like putting... Uh, fluoride in our water supply which these things are all open these things are not secrets people mm -hmm. are very open about this uh much like the leaded gasoline thing they were they were open about it to some degree after they stopped mm -hmm. calling it ethyl um you know why fluoride uh they started doing that right uh so as far as i understand it was it was a weird uh circumstance that they started to realize that fluoride was good to prevent tooth decay and it was a county in colorado that had an accidental fluoride injection to their water supply so a dentist kept seeing that his patients had all these all, all their teeth were brown but they weren't rotted and they had no cavities so when mm -hmm. they looked into the water supply they realized that they had an overabundance of fluoride and then they were able to draw the conclusion that it actually leads to uh more bone density in teeth and, and prevents tooth decay which it seems to be from what i looked into you'll find some outliers of people saying there's not enough conclusive data to show that it's, it's as beneficial as it is mm -hmm. but 
all all signs point to any major uh, health advisory board, dentistry board, even biochemical. They all seem to think that it's it's definitely a good thing, and it's better to have it than to not have it. Yeah, no. So 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 my story is pretty much the same, and I might be wrong, but I know that mm. sodium fluoride it can be naturally occurring in like rock and ground and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's not. So, that we didn't area, so whether it. it was that area or not, yeah. um, they realized that these populations that have higher levels of fluoride in their water mm-hmm. um, have less cavities no simply it yeah uh, it's pretty much that simple do i my stance on that though i'm not sure it needs to be in the water supply because we all brush our teeth two or three times a day um, right you, you figure so that does it need even to, if you want everyone to have it to put it in the water supply it seems a bit extreme it, because you're not yeah. giving anyone a, a choice yeah you're, you're kind of forcing people yeah and i don't think it's conspiracy necessarily but a lot of countries no. like in canada they they're starting to different counties and different places in the world are electing to remove it from the water supply mm-hmm. primarily because the source for fluoride actually has come from china now Oh, I see. The, the fluoride they put in your toothpaste and in your water is not naturally occurring. It's a byproduct of aluminum manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're removing it. Because um, like, eh, I don't know if I want to be drinking that stuff. But, that makes sense. But yeah, there's that. Um, and then a big one too, which brings some mistrust and is still is dis, is still not completely proven either, mm-hmm. um, uh, is glyphosate. I don't know what that is. Uh, Roundup. Oh. Roundup. So that's like a giddy up 409, but for a weed killer, Roundup. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, weed killer. So um, what happened, so again, same thing. They think conspiracy to kill people, it's causing cancer. It might be, they don't know yet. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. two different reasons that farmers across the country, so they they would produce GMOs, like GMO crops, like corn, mm-hmm. that are resistant to glyphosate type of thing. Yeah, so that way it only it. kills the weeds and the, the pests, yes. not the actual it does, so corn. Ex- exactly. So that... That's what GMOs are. Is they're resistant to things they put on them, so they don't. That's that's what they. Oh, GMOs are just any genetically like modified. Thing. They're oh, not well, all uh, the super ones, fruits and all that. Kind exactly, of but they're the ones that we have the problems with. They're the ones that they they're able to use more chemicals on. That's why they mm-hmm. are. They're not. They're not just bigger. They're resistant to things. Yeah, like the spectrum of GMOs is everything from every tomato or banana you've ever seen, which is yes. genetically modified by natural selection. I mean human exactly. selection. Yep. All the way to. They literally can get sprayed by pest killer and they mm-hmm. don't die. There's yeah. like a big swath there. It's all yep. GMOs, but one of them is much more extreme. And one of them has happened over the course of the last 50,000 years by farming. Yep, but. exactly. So they would use glyphosate for, for that to kill things around the crops, mm. to kill the crops. So if you want to harvest your stuff quicker and more efficiently, it's lighter if it's dead. So they would kill intentionally kill crops right. to harvest them to pull their Suck up out. all the good stuff and get rid of all the husks and stuff. Way quicker with glyphosate. And then three, one, I'm not 100% sure on this one, but um, they would put them, spray glyphosate on the dried grains that they'd use for Cheerios and other things in the silos mm. so they wouldn't get moldy. It makes them super, super, super dry. Right. So it removes moisture. No and it's mold, the no cheapest moisture. thing for farmers, which is crazy. If you go to Home Depot right now and buy just pure glyphosate, which is in Roundup, um, it's so expensive. But for farmers, it's like... You get it in bulk. Yeah, it's crazy. Mistrust. Yes, I see the safe. seeds of that. We get it. Yeah, because there's, there's a you know there's a past of it, and there's probably a future of it too. Mm-hmm. But you have to look into the each defined detail. I know it takes a little bit more time, and it's annoying. But if you want to know the truth about what's going on in the world, it's not just about finding a, a nugget of an idea and then finding ten other people who agree with you, and they just keep reinforcing it. You have to start with the idea and start to tear it apart, especially if you agree with it. That's where you find. Um, 
any bit of truth or fact in it. It really is what you have to do. If you have any deep held beliefs, you have to be able to question them. Yeah. And like I said before, if it turns out that you were right all along, now you're even more right because you had to go through the, Fight the, the gauntlet of questioning. Yeah. But if it turns out that every question fucks up your idea, maybe you were wrong the whole damn time and you should be yeah. glad you questioned it because now you don't seem as such a dum-dum who's scared of contrails anymore. Yeah. And uh, I just have two things that uh, once Joe puts his hood up that I definitely want to bring up. Sure. That are just... Like, I just want someone who believes... Uh, a chemtrailer who's on this podcast, someone, please let me know. Please. What do you think of rocket launches? Like, from Cape Canaveral in Texas. It's a and lot of Kazakhstan. clouds coming and out of there. Like... A lot of chemicals going off, too. Well, like, that that plume of smoke is, like, uh, how, are, you know, how many miles long to space? And it stays there for a long time. Yeah. And that's... You think that, that one, they're doing... Um, they're doing this whole chemtrail thing with rocket launches too, or just uh, 737s, or just secret <laughs> airplanes. And then two... It does look pretty similar to have that white smoke up there for hours and hours afterwards. It does. Know. It looks identical, because it is identical. It's the same damn thing as what you see coming on the back of your airliner. Sure. And two, um, secret aircraft out over the Mojave Desert or off the coast of California that are technically don't exist yet, that have one thing in mind. To replace the SR-71 Blackbird, aka the Aurora Project, it had fastest gun in the West, the longest contrail ever that you could see on Google Earth, Google fucking Earth, spanning across the whole country. Wow, now that's a lot of uh, weather controlling this substances. Is, this is a supersonic <laughs> aircraft or a hypersonic aircraft that is um, so, which means it's going past supersonic. So, uh, supersonic is like, depending on the atmosphere you're at is like seven or 800, seven or 800 miles an hour at sea level or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're going like, I think hypersonics like five or six times that something crazy. Like the blackbird went like 3000 miles an hour on a good day tops. And then like, yeah, that was the fastest ever, you know? And then these new planes are going faster. So you're telling me that they're doing two things setting the record for more high-speed reconnaissance and seeding the Earth at the same time. And for a penny, and yeah, for a really pound. hard to do that. And then, um, yeah, like every time you see a contrail, you're, they, they, you really think it's a chemtrail. And again, there were recorded chemtrails in the United States in 2020, and there was about a 1,000 of them, mm. during super well-known, highly documented, extra, extra, extra public projects that mm. were associated with the universities to actually try to manipulate the weather, but it was like super localized, yeah. super specific. Um, to like, yeah, I mean, that's important to bring up. That ha- it has been done. It, it has yeah, been done, record. like like at the Beijing Olympics and like yeah. uh, the experimentation. They are releasing um, particles in the atmosphere that help the water vapor bind to it, which makes yeah. it help helps it condense and makes it, it into makes clouds. Good conditions yeah. for raining. Which that's yeah, it. that is that is um, that has been done in the past and it will be done in the future, I'm sure, but. That's not the same as, like we said, every commercial airliner's contrails being yeah. that exact. So when you're in St. Louis, Missouri, and you look up, because um, you live in a flyover state, and you also live near McDonnell Douglas, and, major, <laughs> and like five major You're going to see a couple of old clouds on over um, And again, uh, most airplanes, depending on where they're going, fly over that state. So like, you know, you look up, you're going to see planes come from every direction, and every which way, and there's going to be a lot of them, and, and there's going to be a lot of contrails. Mm-hmm. And um, not every single contrail is a chemtrail. And that's what we're trying to tell you right now. It's just <laughs> In fact, happening. none of them are. 
Yeah. The ones, <laughs> so that's the thing. The ones that you, so you've we never mentioned seen a, a thousand of them yeah. in a year. We, you've never seen a chemtrail <laughs> yeah. is the whole point. You have not you, you seen a chemtrail. You haven't seen Agent Orange. You haven't seen a crop duster. You haven't seen any of this shit. You haven't seen a chemtrail, which are, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're put down at lower altitudes. Like, mm-hmm. and the, it's not what you're looking at. Again, they exist, but you're not seeing them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. definitely not. It sucks, right? You can't see. Yeah. Them. Oh, oh, because they're flying at higher altitudes than forty-five thousand feet. Well, then they wouldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. They dissipate way before they hit anything or had the opportunity. This isn't Twister. <laughs> yeah, you Twister. cannot just throw a bunch of metal balls in a tornado and make change the weather. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. If only it did, we wouldn't have to have the hurricanes anymore. Or just yeah. drop all the metal balls in there. Yeah, exactly. If it hits and, the trash island in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, just sets it right off. Exactly. And again, how well is the, are these chemtrails working for you? We just recorded our hottest year, hottest June ever recorded on Earth. It's clearly global warming's causing it. Well, and they're they're mind controlled, man. It's not the weather control one. It's the yeah, other. I can't one. I can't disprove mind control. It makes you believe I don't know. it. Maybe I have no idea. But overall, well, you can if you're trying to control the weather, uh, it's not looking so great. So uh, it's, not, it's obviously not working. And there's fifty thousand airplanes a day doing this. Well, here's my take on that. If they're worried about the government mind controlling you or people taking over your brain and hijacking the way you think. Don't worry about people spraying something 50,000 feet up. Watch the last YouTube video you watch. That's just fucking controlling your brain, not gas in the upper atmosphere. They don't need to go and spray shit all over the world to mind control you. Just click on your little screen, bring it up, look at the thing, believe everything you see all the time, buy into it. There's your mind control. You don't need to fucking look in the atmosphere for it. It's right here if that's what you're worried about, brick. Or just realize that they changed the name of MSG every year to something different. Exactly. It was it's not called mon- Madison Square Garden anymore. <laughs> no, it's called. It was called monosodium glutamate for a while. Then they changed it to. That's no, called yum yum something sauce. else. Yeah. What? Yum yum sauce. Pretty much. Yeah. Yum-sum. They just the FDA bans one thing and then they go, oh, we have this new chemical. And then it takes the FDA another couple of years to ban that one. Then they just change mm-hmm. the name of it or they change one molecule inside there. So all of a sudden, that's not MSG. It has a different molecule. Yeah. It's one branch over here. So it's not MSG. So that's what they do in the food industry. Well, that's um, what gets me. I, I, don't, I don't knock people for being concerned about the world around them and how it affects them. But you, you got you to aim your sights on the right things and be more uh, have more scrutiny about what you're whinging about. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're really worried about, worried about things that are going into your body, think about you know your local city and how much, how much pollution is going off there. Think about what you're eating. Think about what you're smoking, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the things you can be worried about because it's tangible, real-world results with a ton of evidence behind it. That's... It's not fun to worry about that, though, because it's not as exciting and, and yeah. below. And yeah. you're not the only one who knows about it, like chemtrails. Mm. I mean, it's much more exciting, but it's just like, yeah. it's just not how things work it's out. It's the usually. girl at Starbucks who has the uh, $1,500 uh, MacBook Air Pro that has a sticker that says anti-capitalism on it. Well, she's at Starbucks <laughs> with her $1,500 MacBook Pro. Yeah, you're barking up the wrong tree, and I yeah. think you like that. It feels more comfortable okay. that way. We get it. So you have to give up everything if you do that. So um, that's all I got, Joe, besides the fact that uh, we uh, want you to rethink what you think chemtrails are. We're not saying they're not real because they are, but you've never seen one. You know I'm that. saying they're not real, but but in the way that you're seeing it. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. We, well, we're saying that they have been, planes have there. dropped chemicals in the past at low altitudes to accomplish things that are similar to what you're worried about, but it's just not happening in the world around you. And um, look up at the sky and see all those big white things that are raining. It's very similar to what a, what a contrail is: is yeah. water vapor condensing and looking like a cloud. That's why it looks like a cloud. Yeah. And if you disagree with us, please tell us why. Help us out. We'll yeah. fight with you. We're happy to do it. Um, uh, yeah, of course. yeah. So 
We thank our sources for this information. I consulted an aviation expert uh, named John. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. We always appreciate your insight. Hit you up a few times. Yeah. Um, regarding uh, methanol injection, um, and nitrous oxide injection and water injection on airplanes, and um, that's all I got, guys. So keep it real. I know. No keep one. looking up. We're going to have a, uh, another fun podcast next week. I think we're having another guest on soon. Mm-hmm. So it should be a good time. And until then, from another undisclosed location at the big kids table, this has been episode 42. Episode 42. Of the Dylan and Joe Basin Podcast. Dylan and Joe Basin Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, we love you all. Take care. Finding a new beer to fit your needs during the summer months, especially during a hurricane, is tough. And that's why today's episode is brought to you by Founders All Day IPA, straight from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Joe, is that what you have in your hand right now? It is what I have in my hand. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a... <sighs> Long day of the heat. You'd be hard-pressed hard to find a more green bottle. It's a can. Founders All Day IPA. <laughs> They say you can't buy a good bottle of scotch under $60, and even then it's a piece of shit. But what you can buy is a good bottle of bourbon. That's why today's episode is brought to you by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, straight from Kentucky. Whether it's 1789, the year that this was founded in Kentucky, or 2021, our first go-to for bourbon, straight up on the rocks or on water if you go, I mean ice, is Elijah Craig. And a small batch. Small batch, so all batch. Now comes in a glass bottle so you can drink it at home. Fuck yeah.